Welcome to the Professional Ag Marketing Podcast. If you want a deep dive into the ag markets and risk management strategies, your search is over. Come here after every Friday to get your weekly commodity recap. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. This is your host, Mike Miner. Let's get started. Today is uh, May 25th, actually, here. I've got Jeff with us today. How's it going, Jeff? Good afternoon, Mike. It is going well, unless we uh, are watching the hog market. It's been a tough week over there again. Well, I promise you we don't have to talk about that today. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about the weather market that we're experiencing in this uh, in this grain complex here. Finally get to talk about that a little bit and some of the reaction uh, that we're seeing to that market here. How's was, that sound? I was wondering when we were going to get into a little bit of weather, Mike, but from the looks of it, we're maybe getting closer, huh? Yeah, last week uh, on the 18th, or, uh, last Thursday, we put in a low at 490 on the December corn. And uh, really, we've rallied up past that, put a high in at 527 yesterday on the corn. So I think we have a couple of different things going on. And uh, what kind of set it all up was that managed money funds right now, they've carried on a position of net short around 130,000 contracts, give or take, going into this growing season now. So they've built up a little bit of a net short position ahead of a growing season. And now real recently, some more news has come out about the last 30 days, we have seen uh, below normal precipitation in some certain areas, specifically Western Corn Belt, uh, Nebraska, over in that area mainly. And then some Missouri, I heard too, some stuff like that. But that got the market a little bit uh, worried. And if we start talking about a weather problem starting ahead of the growing season or right in the beginning of it like we are now, and the funds are carrying a net short position, that gets them a little bit concerned about carrying those forward. So we've seen some liquidation of those funds, I think, Jeff. So the shorter they are, the more bearish they're leaning um, to the bearish side of the boat is if we can get a, if we can get some catalyst to, to flip the psychology over, there's more room to, to move that direction is kind of what you're suggesting. Exactly. Yep. So they're just, uh, in a process called short covering here over the past week where they don't want to get burned. The most recent example I can think of was in 2019. They carried in a huge chunk of short positions into the 19 growing year. Then it was too much rain. So then they had to flip the other way and they got burned really bad. So they're, they're maybe short covering some of those, just uh, keeping an eye on the weather. And it's ahead of a three-day weekend, which I think has some weight to it as well. Because if we go into this three-day weekend with a little bit of a dry forecast like we've got right now, um, if we pop out of that three-day weekend with either some rainfall, that would be a little bit bearish, and we can maybe retrace back and cover some of what we've uh, gained here over the past week. Or if it's another dry forecast going out the next two weeks, then uh, maybe we get a little bit more support, some more short covering going on in these grain markets, and then uh, we start to talk uh, impact of that down the road and whatnot. So you could, you could almost look at the short covering as maybe as a proactive approach. Yep. Is that the argument? So they're going to, they may not believe that the yield is really shrinking. They're not. Getting, why not? Why not get it, your position a little bit more right size in case the yield does shrink? They're not getting bullish necessarily. Sure. They're just that's getting not so bearish. So, makes uh, th- sense. That's makes what sense. I view this little rally as right now. 
you know, the market isn't showing us we're up 20, we're up 30. It's yep. running crazy when you see a weather market really take hold and it's like, oh crap, we're going to be short on yield like we saw the last couple of years. Um, we're not seeing that yet. This is just a little bit of uh, preparation before a long weekend and uh, maybe we'll see what weather's got in tail for us going forward because so, we really don't use a lot of water on this cra- in this crop yet until V10, you know, end of June. Then we're going to start using more rain, uh, more water um, in these crops and then it'll become a little bit more serious of yeah. a conversation. Yeah, it's in- interesting as I look at um, my crops on, on our farm, it's I'm kind of a nervous Nelly on it because last year, you know, we were just about in the worst spot and it just absolutely would not rain, um, past pretty much the middle of June. Mm -hmm. Um, so I look at it and think, well, you know, if we don't get some pretty timely rains, we're going to be in some pretty serious trouble. But then you sit back and think, well, actually we're probably adding yield yet today as you're driving corn roots deeper and, and all that fun stuff. So it is a, an interesting time of the growing season, but as we creep up, creep on the front of june here mike you know what's the next what does the forecast kind of look like for the next couple weeks it's a little bit dry yet and i think the western corn belt is the one that's really got to get watched closely because uh eastern corn belt sitting fine they're not hurting on the drought map but when you start to look at the western corn belt uh it's definitely a lot more interesting because you've got to start looking at they need to replenish they need to get caught back up so they need they really need the the rainfall to just get caught back up over the next couple weeks here and with it being a little bit too dry uh going forward yet and no significant uh rainfall amounts over the next couple weeks for that side of the corn belt uh that's going to get watched pretty closely if they do put anything in or if it continues to you know show some mid 80 90 degree days here going forward with no rain uh, that's going to start to worry some of those guys in that part of the world, definitely. So we talked about the potential um, of the, you know some of the bigger positions right-sizing and, and exiting some of their shorts here in, in case we start to get a little too dry and start to reduce the yield a little bit. We also has the WASDE report come out last week, um, which you guys reviewed some. But let's talk about some what-ifs here uh, this afternoon, Mike, you know. Um, I guess the first to start off, uh, you know, we've, we've got the USDA punched in or above 181 bushel yield. I know I, for one, have really been questioning that. I know that's the, that's the trend line like we've talked about before, um, but we haven't even got close to that. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't know what kind of weather it takes to get there, but in my mind, you're going to, in my mind, you're almost going to have to get the perfect amount of moisture in, in all situations almost and you're especially going to have to get some moisture in the western corn belt um that ends up being you know that 2.2 type of billion bushel ending stocks um 15 percent stocks to use ratio when you compare that to the projected demand and and historically if you just you chart that over simply chart that over um the historical spot where we've been able to end up with corn prices you know kind of we use the march as our expiration the analysis that we use but you have get awful close to four bucks um i guess in your mind mike what's your thoughts on that is that is that a real uh possibility or is that are you a bit more my camp that's a bit of a pipe dream so let's say the usda's 
right on already. Let's say we get perfect growing conditions. We get a little rain all the way through to really get us in a perfect spot, pretty much for the whole U.S., and and we get a 181 and a half yield like they suggest. So that's probably closer to the, one of the most bearish scenarios, and, sure. and demand doesn't pick up. And today that's suggesting, based on history, using stocks-to-use ratio, that we'd be at $4.00. So that's kind of what we're working towards. Every day we slip by and we get a little rain here, a little rain there, and uh, it'll be a lot more choppy here as we get towards more of the critical growing part of the year for it in July, let's say. But the the work from $7 cash corn that we've been experiencing the last two years in, in this part of the world back towards normal-ish conditions of $4.00, Obviously, if you change the yield night overnight, you're not going to go from, you know, $6 to $4 in one day. So we're kind of taking that the stair step approach down to $4 at this point, just based upon each day we get a little bit better. We don't change the fact that we can't get that 181 yield. And we'll have some events maybe that, okay, let's start opening it up. Let's say we didn't get enough rain in Nebraska, and now we've got capabilities of a 178, or let's say it's Kansas to Nebraska, South Dakota looks too dry. Now we're slipping towards 175. What's that give us? And that's where I think you really need to have some back and forth here. So 181 yield is $4 corn, uh, to say to put things into perspective. Um, the last couple of years, we've had 171 to 173. Uh, for corn yields here in the United States. And, and that brought up a scenario with a little bit less corn acres than what we're expected to have this year, too. So, About 2 million. Well, last year, I guess it was probably closer to yeah. a little over 3 million. Um and about a million more than the year before. So so a same yeah. yield as the last two years is probably a, not quite as bullish as what we saw the couple of years before. But we don't we're not carrying in too many ending stocks either. That's it's a growing fair a point. little bit, but um, it's probably not quite as bullish. So I would say you really got to get this thing down to what would your number be if you had to pick a number to be like we can take out six dollar corn again. I don't think my fundamentally my yield number wouldn't have to be a ton lower than the last couple of weeks or the last couple of years excuse me i think if you're down in that 171 type area um that starts that to trim it. and that starts to trim them quite a bit yeah now i think our, our projected demand would probably have to decrease a little bit also you know they got a they got a big number in there on feed and residual and we all know we're going to have fewer cattle um in the next 12 months and fewer hogs and probably fewer chickens so a smaller crop would also reduce that feed and residual kind of mm -hmm. a, a slop bucket type of a category. So maybe, you know, I'm not, I don't think you would have to maybe, you know, screen back to seven bucks, but I think you could get yourself into the $6 territory with a 171 yield. Mike. Not a whole lot changes from the last couple of years. If you get That's a 171 true. yield, the only major change I see globally is Brazil's second crop being outstanding this year that they're going to start combining here. Uh, mainly in the month of June and July. So that'd be the main difference maker, I think, uh, when I look at it. From a global export perspective, that really kills demand for us. For sure. Yep. No, and there's, it's really, I know these things can kind of creep up on you, but you really don't see anything that just looks outstanding that could surprise you from a demand standpoint either mm -hmm. globally. Nobody's expanding any of their policies a ton, um, and, and the livestock sector really isn't 
growing. So, and there's, there's some other regions, you know, um, that don't get as much attention. So maybe you could end up with some weather issues, um, in the black sea. Um, obviously that's also got some serious trade barriers over there, Asia, some places like that, that you could possibly, um, come up short on some crop and, and could spark this thing a little bit. But yeah, I absolutely agree. It's all about, um, South America has been a big crop here and, you know, we're going to have to trim back our yield quite a bit from the current trend line to really get anywhere as close to the six and seven dollar territory that we've seen the past couple of years. So how about five bucks right where the market's trading today, Mike, five, five and a quarter. What's that scenario look like in your mind to, to get us to average that in the next six to nine months? 177, 178. That puts your ending stocks in your opinion somewhere is what one six or something like yeah, that you end up in in between a 10 percent to a 15 percent stocks to use ratio and because you got to excite them just enough to say we've got some problems in here that are going to kill a little bit of our total production to keep things interesting but i feel like it's really hard it's either like four dollar corn or it's seven dollar corn and it, yeah. it, it, the in between of that is just a number that gets traded one day. Yeah, it's like why are you going to hang out at five bucks? Either you're running out or you got plenty of it. Right? <laughs> yeah, make that's a decision. The world, <laughs> that's the world we live in these and, days. I, I had the same same thoughts. It's it's interesting yeah. to, to try to think through these different scenarios that as far as to, what could happen and how we get there type of a thing. But. Definitely. Um, El Nino wise, it looks like we are, uh, within weeks of, uh, switching here, um, into more of an El Nino based pattern, uh, El Nino during May to July, that, that chance is about 82% or so that was from a little while ago. So I haven't updated that real recently, but the transition to El Nino from La Nina is going to basically benefit, uh, Kansas and then like Argentina in their current drought situation. So, uh, those are going to be the biggest beneficiaries from uh, from this transition here, and we'll watch that going forward and, and kind of track that here through the through the main summer months. But that's kind of the uh, updated progress on that. Uh, not a whole lot of rain in the Corn Belt next uh, week or so, just a little bit in the west, uh, but not enough to really matter here from the looks of it. And uh, when I look forward at like the the temps here, it's going to be pretty hot, uh, above normal temps here for most of the Midwest over the next six to 10 days as well. So keep an eye on that, but that'll really get things growing. I think. Yeah, it'll get, it'll get things growing. And you know, there's certainly a lot of scenarios that give us a lot more uh, comfortable ending stocks on um, projected, at least as we roll into harvest uh, this coming fall, but you know, we still got a decent amount of growing season ahead of us. I don't, you know, if I'm a row crop producer, um, I don't think I'm necessarily giving up on this market. Are you Mike? I mean, I, I think we'll get a chance to get people excited about, Hey, maybe we do have 172 bushel yield. Mm -hmm. Um, and maybe we better go up here for, for a few weeks. And I think those warmer temperatures is, could be the start of that. Yeah. Given what we know now, the information's probably suggesting more of a short term rally here in the near term. But if, uh, if we continue, continue to be a little hot and dry here, it's going to start to reflect in some bigger rallies probably going forward. I think it's a great time to, you know, take an honest look in the mirror. Um, you know, if you're a, a person who really struggles to pull the trigger, especially in a weather market, and I yeah. still think, you know, these weather markets are the uh, very difficult, in my opinion, to make good decisions. 
So making those decisions today is the right thing. You know, if you're the end user, make sure you got coverage on. That's not going to make you panic if this thing starts to rally and it stops raining. Um, if you're a producer, you're I'm a big fan of get your orders in now so you don't talk yourself out of them. Yeah. You know, two weeks from now when the market's going up and it's never going to rain again until the day it does and then it's too late as we all know how that I really like works. that 540 area. If we can get back that, that's 50% retracement uh, from that April high that we had there. So yeah, if we kind of bounce back up to that, I I really like clipping some clipping some targets around that area right now. So hopefully we can get back there. It's a little bit of a march yet. But. And don't forget about Dece 24 has been another yeah. preaching moment for me. I, I just... I would really like, I want to make some decisions that uh, are some, and some sales that make sense out there. And I, I struggle as we get under five bucks, probably shouldn't historically, yeah. that's still a pretty darn high price, but five and a quarter and higher. Don't forget about, uh, Dece 24, get some sales on this growing season for, for the next year type of a thing. All right. Well, thank you for your time, Jeff. And thank you to all our listeners. Please reach out to us at professionalagmarketing.com. Check out our other podcast as well, Professional Ag Marketing, that's released every Friday. Trading commodity futures and options involves substantial risk of loss and is not suitable for all investors. See you next time.